Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. On today's show, we're going to explore updates to YouTube Shorts, YouTube Clips, and a lot more with Diana Gladney. If you want to understand how to benefit from these YouTube changes, then be sure to stick around. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm Michael Stelzner. This is the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. By the way, if you want to go a lot deeper in your marketing insights, check out our Social Media Marketing Society, where you'll get instant access to 140 in-depth marketing workshops, live monthly training for marketers like us, and a support from a welcoming community of marketers. Visit socialmediasociety.info. And now for this week's special guest. If I can bring her up on the screen, here we go. Diana Gladney is a YouTube expert and consultant. Her YouTube channel is designed to help entrepreneurs simplify the video creative process. And she's hosted the Video Simplified podcast. She's been a regular guest on this show. Welcome back, Diana. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks so much for having me here. So we've got a lot to talk about. First of all, YouTube Shorts. It's rolled out globally. For those that don't know what it is, why don't you give us a high level on what YouTube Shorts is, and then I'm going to have a few more questions for you. Sure. So YouTube Shorts is a vertical format where you are looking at the same portrait style that you would see on your phone. So that, what is it, 9 by 16 framing. And what that is going to do is anywhere from zero to 60 seconds, really, if you're looking at about five seconds to be safe, 60 seconds, you're looking at vertical content and they're wanting to create, create more content that is just more natural and authentic and really a competitor to TikTok and Instagram Reels. Right. So Shorts previously was only in a couple of countries, maybe a couple dozen, maybe more, maybe less, but now the whole world can do it. So before I get into some of the questions I have specifically about shorts, I know you've created shorts. I know you've created TikToks. And I also know that you've created reels because I've seen your reels on Instagram. So for the marketers out there that are listening right now, what's the difference? How is stories uniquely different than these other platforms that you've been creating on? Yeah, for sure. So the the biggest name in this whole competition, if you will, between the platforms is organic reach. Organic reach is the same thing why you went from being able to just put anything on Facebook and getting an extensive amount of reach and a lot of people engaging with your content. And now it's kind of like a pay to play. Whereas now we're in the same space with vertical form content where on YouTube shorts, we are just starting to really see some kind of a reach because it was usually long form content. Whereas on TikTok, that's all it's been. And the reach is very significant and it's so much easier to get um, a lot more organic reach quicker in the first 24 hours, as well as Instagram reels with them announcing officially that they're moving away from just photo being a photo sharing app to now more focused on video. And Instagram reels is doing exceptionally well right now. YouTube, not so much, a little bit harder to break through that sound barrier, but it's possible. Okay. So first of all, YouTube did announce a YouTube shorts fund hundred million dollars that they're investing in creators to go out there and create on YouTube. 
So I know that TikTok has had a fund. I think Facebook just announced a fund, which probably is definitely going to apply to video creators. Do you have any sense of what this fund is and how people can get money from it? I mean, is it is it just super high profile individuals they're using for this or because how does this differ than the way you normally make money on YouTube? I'm just curious. So traditionally with YouTube, you're looking into the YouTube partner program where you need a thousand subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time in order to start getting monetized from the ads that play on your videos, super chats and all those different kinds of things that happen on your actual content. Whereas with this YouTube shorts becoming a thing for the vertical content, this creator fund is going to be something I think is pretty significant. They are starting with those that are getting a ton of traction, a lot of reach. You have some videos that are up in the millions as far as the viral velocity that's happening with that content. So they're trying to reward those people knowing that you're not really looking, you're not playing the same game with the vertical YouTube shorts content as you would with a traditional channel. So I think this is more or less their approach to, we're trying to find a way to reward those that are making unique and specific content, not just kind of like resharing across the platforms, but people that are really trying to dive in and make YouTube shorts a thing and actually become a YouTube shorts creator and just finding a way to give them some kind of money. The details, they're still kind of, pretty vague in my opinion, as far as the, what the criteria is, what is considered unique. Cause if I make a piece that's uniquely my idea, but I decide to share it on TikTok first, and then I still decide to share that original file to YouTube shorts. Am I still considered unique, creating unique content or is this considered a reshare? So those definitions haven't happened. And I think they're trying to like, if just kind of make it for us first <laughs> or only for us. And then if you get traction, you're doing really well. We want to reward you financially. There was talk when I interviewed Daryl Eves a while back because he's worked with Mr. Beast and a number of others on uh, on their shorts and, and other related YouTube stuff. Back then, he was saying, hey, you might want to create your own channel for YouTube shorts. But now that they've formally rolled it out, do you feel like it's not a problem to use your existing channel to go ahead and create shorts? Because there was a point where those videos showed up with all your other videos and it could confuse your users, right? Right. I think the difference between then and now is like, it's still kind of like the wild, wild west, if you will. But now when you are consuming short content and you decide to click on that person's name, you kind of get a screen that lets you see what else that they have. And you can also go back to their core content and their core channel. My personal belief is I think it is wise to now go ahead and still post that to your actual channel because this is just snippet. This is just quick hits of, you know, quick doses, if you will, of here's something that you may enjoy, like the little chicken they would give you at the mall, but they really want you to get the full plate. And I think it's important to not ask too many call to actions. And it's like, well, where should I find you? Well, you can find me at this one location on YouTube versus two or three different, you know, channels, if you will. So that's my opinion. Do you think that this could be a potential good marketing opportunity for those businesses that have a creative team or access to an agency to help? Because my guess is this is going to get them in front of new people, not subscribers. Right. And, yeah. th and those people could turn out to be subscribers. Right. Yes, because it, you have to think it's like it's really two different creative brains. When you're thinking about creating a YouTube video, it's a ton of stress when it comes to the editing, when it comes to web music and how do I get people to find the content? Because it's going to be based off a of search where that virality factor and that interest factor on the YouTube shorts, uh, when you're kind of like in that YouTube shorts platform space, 
you're only just swiping up or down or searching maybe a hashtag or something or some kind of an interest that they're pushing to you. So now it's a little bit easier for people to get reached. So if you have a creative team or a media team, it's easy for them to just capture it on their phone or let them create funny and organic moments because then that's more or less that human connectivity point instead of like a search-based thing. And I think that first part is a little bit easier than just going solely for search, which can be a little stressful if you're new to YouTube overall. So- in other news related to shorts, you can somehow take audio clips from existing YouTube videos and make them into shorts. Am I reading this right? Is that correct? Yeah. So you should see for like, if you are, and I don't know what the requirement is for you to get this. I just think it's something that's universally rolling out, but you'll see like a little create icon underneath in your, your like and dislike and subscribe and all that stuff is on the shelf. If you will, you'll now see that create button. Well, you can now select between, what is it like 15 seconds that you can actually pick a section of a video and kind of use that audio in a YouTube short and create it. So it gives you access to even choose what part of the video that you want. From anyone's video or just your channel videos? No, it's anyone's video. So it doesn't matter what kind of a content it is, education, or if it's for fun or whatever, you can take that audio. What could that make possible? Like help us understand what that could be used for. So for marketers and you're doing this for social media, I think if you have something where you're giving, for example, a type of example and you're sharing a story, you could get creative in having somebody or even somebody else on your team recreate that. Or if someone is even in your space, recreate that story and that example. This is something that we see in the comedy space where a joke that was told on stage, that audio is now pulled over and uh, it's acted out. I and see. so- I've had some fun doing different skits like on Instagram Reel and TikToks where you are taking something from something else. So that's a creative spin. Yeah. Um, but I have my concerns uh, around like kind of, you know, how that's going to get used. But that's some ideas, if you will. Yeah. And shorts exist indefinitely, right? It's not like uh, Instagram stories where they're just there for a day or with stories on YouTube. I forget what they call them where it's a week. This is indefinitely, right? Yeah. Analytics. I guess mm -hmm. now there's analytics, right? And do you have any sense of what the analytics provide you? Do they tell you whether or not if someone who watched the shorts became a subscriber to your channel? Yes. So they're giving you the same kind of uh, basic data, if you will, at this point, but they're starting to introduce that for that. So you should see like a little square or a category, if you will, in your YouTube studio dashboard when you first sign in. And they will tell you based on this last uh, shorts video that you uploaded, how many views that you're getting, how many subscribers that is contributing to it and how long that they watch, which will let you know if you're getting people to watch on a loop and repeat or if they're stopping at 16 seconds for, let's say, a 16 second video and scrolling on. Instagram recently said that uh, TikTok and YouTube were huge competitors, right? And they're going all in on video. Yeah. I would imagine that's a signal that um, we're going to see more from YouTube specifically, right? They probably see TikTok as a threat as well. Can you envision a day where a lot of short form content is going to be kind of central to YouTube in addition to all the other stuff? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because it's a, a lower barrier to entry. And even like when I'm suggesting to like clients or people that are just getting started, like Instagram stories is a great place. Lasts for 24 hours. It goes away. Well, it's still on your phone, which everyone has just about. You can go from making, again, you have the audio that you have access to, otherwise music that would be, you know, copyright protected. Right. And in very quick, short form burst, you can make creative points. So it's really interesting that YouTube didn't originate the thing that's, you know, surging with the vertical video, even though they're a video platform and TikTok is. So they're probably feeling like they're eating their lunch, but they definitely are. <laughs> All right. Well, we've talked about shorts. Now let's talk about clips. What is a clip? 
let's start with that. Explain what it is, and then let's talk about what in the world we can do with a clip. It sounds intuitive a little bit if I think of like a, a scissors clipping video, but I'm not sure that's what it is. So what is it exactly? Well, that's you pretty, pretty close. So they're, that, they're actually using the scissors icon. And so right now I've seen this on regular channels that are like at 100 subscribers or more. And this is also something that has rolled out to regular videos. Again, I'm saying regular videos for those that are in the gaming space. However, you can clip anywhere from five to 60 seconds of a video. When you select this particular section and you hit the share button, YouTube now generates a very unique uh, URL that you can share so that somebody, when they click on it, they go to that specific start and end point and that loops continuously. So they're getting watch time and a ton of things. So that's what clips is allowing you to share little small segments and portions of a regular video but all of the data and everything goes back to that regular video. It's not creating a whole nother video or anything like that. Okay. I've got a million questions. First of all, you mentioned gaming. So is it only in gaming space right now on YouTube? Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, they're experimenting and playing with this. And I think it's important that they do use the gaming space. A lot of times we want access to that first, but when you have trick shots, you have things that are moments that were unique, funny, just you couldn't expect those spontaneous moments. The gaming community has so many more instances of that. And so they can test it and test it very aggressively. And that is going to benefit us. So if you have a thousand subscribers or more, then they have access to clips right now. And of course, they're going to roll this out globally, but it's going to take some time. So it's still kind of in a beta-esque format right now. So when you say share, do we mean like sharing it on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that? Is that kind of what we're talking about? Because like, I'm thinking, where are they going to share this? That's the first question, right? Yeah. So it's and that's a very interesting dynamic because I haven't found really where the where you, you can embed it. But it's still again, this is still in development. When you click the share link, you can share it to other platforms similar to how you can regularly share a regular YouTube video. Right. However, it's only going to share that small section of that video. And when you click on that, that person that's creating the clip can put what the title is and, you know, a little detail. So it comes up its own whole little thing. And then the rest of the other videos that's either before or after that clip is kind of a grayed out. And then when the viewer finishes that specific clip, that five to 60 seconds, they can decide if they want to continue watching that regular video. So you can share this to Instagram. You can share this to, you know, uh, Twitter and make a tweet from it. And that person can click, come back to the video like normal, and they're good to go. And I really like that, honestly. Uh, one of our live viewers on LinkedIn is asking, can you do this on other people's videos or only your own videos? Oh, it's, it's going to roll out to everyone. So you can do it for yourself or you can do it for other videos. That's kind of exciting, actually. I think so. <laughs> That's like people tweeting out their own little cool highlights. And look, yes. video games are long form videos to begin with, right? These are super mm -hmm. long hours, longs videos, right? Mm -hmm. And they probably have some cool little experience that they want to be able to share with the world. But I can envision this actually becoming something separate than like the way they do it is they're just hot linking to that part of the video and then they're just looping it. Right. But mm -hmm. I could totally imagine them creating this so that it can have its own unique link so that you don't get all the other stuff. I mean, yeah, why not? Right. Absolutely. And I would imagine when you go to these things, you still see the comments and you still can watch the rest of the video if you want to break out of the clips, you think? Yeah. So you can go to the creator insider channel for YouTube's 
channel that they own and play around with this. And I've done this. And so what happens is you get a playlist that you, the person that's creating that clip from somebody else's video or yours or whatever. And now you can go back to this playlist and see all of those specific moments that you created a title for. So you know what was happening or why you wanted people to watch that. Again, you also still have access still to that full video. And what I found honestly in experimenting with this is that that clip is enough of a soundbite to make you as like, well, I really want to know what the whole thing is about. And you start watching from the beginning yeah. or you let them finish the rest of it. And now they can go to the bottom and engage. And it just is a really interesting tool. And even if you have a business, this is a great way for teams to communicate. You can, you know, I don't know if they're going to make those private or available. I'm pretty sure you might be able to make that playlist private so that you can start identifying micro content or questions. Wait, when you said that playlist, what were you talking about? I didn't catch what you meant. So when you create a clip, it creates a, a playlist that is for clips. Oh. So based on the clips that I've experimented with, I can go to my account on YouTube and there's a playlist that says clips for things that I've clipped out. Well, when you start to think about some of these huge creators like Mr. Beast and all these crazy moments that they've got, I can see like best of clips that he creates, right? With just kind of the crazy moments of this wild and wacky things that he's done, right? Mm -hmm. Or in your case, as someone who's an educational kind of trainer, I could see you having like some highlights clips of some of the gems from some of your longer training videos, right? Absolutely. Especially stuff like Q&A. And I'm also looking to couple this with other features that we've talked about with like channel chapters. So yeah, the channel tap chapters will tell you the timestamp, but even if you're answering somebody's question, you can give them a specific timestamp of a clip of the where to go and reshare those out. So you can have a catalog or an Excel spreadsheet of when you answered various things when and keep throwing traction back to old videos that you've already created. In other news, are you an iPhone or an Android user, just out of curiosity? I am a iPhone converter from like two, three years ago now. <laughs> okay, cool. So YouTube is finally bringing picture-in-picture -picture to iPhones and iPads. And my understanding of what this is, is the ability to kind of allow the video to be playing smaller so you can be doing other stuff. Is Am I mm -hmm. correct in this? Yes. And that is a fantastic thing that I miss from my Android days, because when you are you're learning something, you're hearing about something, maybe you want to click on the link that's in the description and read a little bit more about it. Well, yes, to hear it in the background is one thing. But what if we have graphics and animations that are outlining things that you should be seeing and looking at? Well, the picture in picture feature, I've had some experience with this because there are some applications that for whatever reason kind of have early access. And so you can pop out that YouTube video, move it around, resize it, and still have access to everything else on your phone. I love that. One of the challenges, at least on an iPhone, is you can't listen to a video like a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. If it goes to sleep, it shuts off. Do you think this will work or do you think it, YouTube is still designed, like if you're not watching it, they're just not going to play the audio? I think that that it's going to hopefully fix some of this because paying for YouTube premium so that it can play in the background when your phone is locked, if you will. So like if you're driving or whatever. Oh, so YouTube premium does allow that. Yeah. Because I don't, I'm not a premium customer. So. Oh, you got to get it. That means you can listen to long form stuff as a podcast almost, right? Is what I'm hearing yes. you say? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But the free version doesn't allow that. Okay. That's a good distinction. I did not understand. Yes. So if you couple that, like the YouTube premium feature of like when you're listening or it's something you're like, oh, I'm in the drive through or whatever. And I want to go back and look at that. Well, it's already on the screen. You don't have to dive back into the app and wherever the video is and all that extra other stuff. Okay. 
Talk about what's changed when you're uploading videos. I guess there's some new capabilities that you can do while the video is uploading in the background with editing screens and stuff. Can you talk to me a little bit about this? So when you are uploading a video, the permissions and some of the different tools and things that YouTube is rolling out has changed. So, and it may be a little bit slower in some respects, but they're trying to speed this up. Uh, when you're uploading a video, you now have, you know, your title descriptions and all these different permissions and things like that. Also, like we talked about the create feature and some of these clips, you can opt in or opt out of those, those. So those permissions are available. You also are now looking at, you know, like copyright uh, issues that may come up as well as ad friendliness uh, and a few other things. Things when you're going through the process before you can even hit publish, it goes through a ton of things now. Well, and I guess you can add those end screens and info cards and stuff. Like in the past, did you have to wait for it to fully upload before you could do that? Yeah. So you're leaving your video in like private or unlisted at that point. And now you're just, again, just really waiting a long time for that, for you to wait, hit cancel or save, then go into the videos tab and then the video. And then the end, it was a very long drawn out process for no reason. Yeah. Now that some of those last steps in that upload process, as it's still uploading, I can go to exactly where I have an end screen or where I want that pop-up or subscribe button links or what have you to become available. And so when it's done processing the HD or 4K version, it's fully done. We don't have to go back in and do this later. Stories, I guess now has metrics. What was there before and what's there now? Was there no metrics on stories on YouTube? You had a little bit as far as like seeing, and it was very confusing and frustrating for creators that were paying attention to their better performing long form content. And so it felt like those were competing. Now it's kind of sectioned out. You still will see uh, some data on it, but you will see how many views it's actually getting, how many subscribers you were receiving based on it and how much of uh, the content that they watch. And again, they're going to give you a little section in the dashboard when you upload uh, a YouTube short now where you can see that. Folks, if you want to learn a lot more about social media marketing, be sure to check out our Social Media Marketing Society by visiting socialmediasociety.info. And if you want to learn a lot more about Diana's expertise, which is YouTube, where do you want to send them, Diana? They can go to dianagladney.com or if you're already on YouTube, just search Diana Gladney and I will come up. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today, Diana. And thanks everyone for listening. Have a great day. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.